Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Today's Soul Talk podcast is a very special episode about how to overcome, to break through, to move through, to transcend self-sabotage on the path to success. One of the things that I have found stops us the most from truly fulfilling our potential are the ways that we sabotage ourselves. And we sabotage ourselves for different reasons. Uh, Likely you have faced the demon of self-sabotage in your life where maybe you get close to success and you do something uh, detrimental or unhealthy or you make a wrong decision, uh, 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 a decision that doesn't truly honor yourself and you bring yourself back down. And so in today's special episode, uh, I'm going to share with you a bonus. Uh, About a year ago, I did a very uh, well-received and successful online teleseminar for the public, uh, for my community, uh, on how to overcome self-sabotage and succeed. And it was so well-received that many uh, many folks had asked me to do another session, teleseminar on self-sabotage. And since you are a part of my Soul Talk community and you are part of the community that has helped make Soul Talk successful and thriving around the world, I wanted to just share this as a gift with you. It was a live recording. It's part a little rough around the edges as it was, it was live and raw and real and uh, just sharing from my heart about uh, sabotage, why we do it, how we do it, how it comes into being, and, and start pointing you and giving you some tips in terms of how to move through. I also have a very special invitation at the end of the uh, teleseminar, so make sure you're ready. Take notes, have an open heart, and you listen to the special invitation at the end. Enjoy this episode. Catch you at the end of this episode. Much love. Good evening, everyone. This is Coot here. Welcome to this uh, global teleconference, teleseminar. I've been really looking forward to connecting with all of you, wherever you are around the world. We're going to be talking today about how to stop sabotaging your success and stepping into your greatness. This is Coot Blackson. Just to make sure you're on the right teleseminar, uh, this is Coot here. I've been really looking forward to, to having the opportunity to sharing and speaking with, uh, with all of you on the call. Many of you, I can hear many of you are still joining in. We have quite a few of you registered today. So uh, I know over the next couple of minutes, some of you will be joining in on the call. We're going to roll right in. But as we begin today's teleseminar, what I'd like is that, just so you can get the most out of our call today, uh, is that wherever you are, I'm going to ask you to take a deep breath and allow yourself to get completely centered. So just take a deep breath. 
and just let the day go. I know you've all had busy days at work, with your kids, at home, whatever you've been up to. I just want you to let the day go so you can allow yourself to be fully present with the information, with the community, with the call today to give yourself the gift over the next 45, 50 minutes or so to give yourself the gift so that we can dive in as deep as possible so you can receive whatever it is you need from this time together. So just take another deep breath and exhale, ah, letting the the afternoon go. Let's take one more deep breath and exhale. That's right. And you can just stretch and just allow yourself to really get fully present fully present in your bodies, fully present here. I'm going to encourage that you tune out all distractions and uh, and just allow yourself to tune in to become fully present for yourself. Uh, if you're driving, I'm going to ask that you stay aware. We may do some processes during the call today, uh, but it's important that if you're driving, listening to this call, that you obviously stay present, stay fully focused, and uh, take great care as you drive and, and listen in. We have many people tuning in, so we're going to, to dive right in. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to, to speak with you today in terms of sabotage. You know, I believe that as we gather together, I always say that as we gather together, even though we may not physically be together, as we gather together on this call today with many of you from different parts of the world, and some of you might be tuning in, listening to this call as a recording uh, after the, the live session today, uh, but as we gather together, I feel as though we create a certain vortex, a, a vortex of energy, a field of, trans of transformation, uh, that as you transform, uh, since everything is totally interconnected, that affects everything, uh, you do your part in transforming the planet since we're all ultimately connected. So just know that you, by you being on the call today, you are creating ripples across the globe ripples on the other sides of the, the planet as a result of your commitment here. So I, I just want to acknowledge you as as we start. And, uh, you know, to, today we're going to be dealing with sabotage. And, you know, no matter who we are, we all have dreams. We all have a vision. And there comes a point in life when you know, you know that there is something that is seeking to express through you something more that is seeking to express through you that you can no longer deny. You know that playing small is not a choice anymore. Playing small is not an option anymore and that holding back your gifts, holding back your gifts is painful. And if you're on this call, I believe that there are gifts inside of you and you know it deep down. Perhaps you're clear on what your gifts are, the gifts that you are here to give the world, your unique gift that you are here to offer humanity. Perhaps you're clear on what that gift is. Perhaps you're not clear on what that gift is. Perhaps you're actually already giving that gift at a certain level. Regardless of where you are in that spectrum, the fact that you're on this call, there's a part of you that knows that uh, you are here for a reason on this planet. And I believe that no one that truly impacted the world settled for the status quo. No one that truly impacted the world allowed their circumstances to stop them. So one of my intentions as a result of our call today, if there's, I have a few intentions, but one of my intentions is that as a result of you being on this call and as a result of your participation, 
that you experience a breakthrough in at least one area of your life. So I just want you, as we jump in for the next 45, 50 minutes, we're going to move pretty fast because there's quite a few things I have to cover, and then I want to send you back into your lives, back to your families. I know it's, it's a long day after work, but I'd like you to consider, my intention is that you experience a breakthrough in at least one area of your life. So I'd like you just to feel into, in this moment, as we begin our call, what's the one area? If there, were, if there was one, and I'm hoping you experience more than one, but if there was one breakthrough that you were to experience as a result of this call today, what would that one breakthrough be? Perhaps it's a breakthrough in your health. Perhaps it's a breakthrough in your wealth. Perhaps it's a breakthrough in your love life, your relationships, your relationship with your parents, your breakthrough in your career, a breakthrough in, in your, your relationship with food. What's the breakthrough that you would like to experience? So I want to make sure as we begin our session today that you are fully committed to that. Many people want breakthroughs, but they're not truly committed to doing whatever it takes to rolling up their sleeves. So I'm going to invite you to take notes and really just get clear inside of yourself on your intention because part of the first, the pre-first step of having a breakthrough in your life is the commitment to having a breakthrough. Most people aren't actually even committed to having a breakthrough. They're just floating through life, just seeing what happens. So I'm inviting you as we begin to actually have an intention and, and a heart-wide openness to a breakthrough occurring on this call. A shift in your awareness, an opening in your heart, a shift in the way you think, feel, or the way you perceive. Perhaps there's something you've been carrying, holding on to. A feeling, an, an energy, an old way of thinking, a belief system that you know no longer serves you, that's actually getting in the way and sabotaging your success. I invite you to be open and committed to letting it go today. As you reach for your dreams, we all have dreams. Perhaps it's writing a book. Perhaps it's creating art. Perhaps it's, it's uh, being a singer or, or creating an event or coaching or speaking or, or building a business or a company. We all have dreams. What, what, what's your dream? See, as you go for your dreams, I found that on the journey to fulfilling your dream, your destiny, that your dream will take you on a journey. And part of that journey will cause you to grow, but as a part of the fulfillment of that dream coming into physical manifestation, you will have to put yourself out there in the world, and as a result of you saying yes to your dream, saying yes to your dream is really just the beginning, and as you say yes to your dream, it will require you to face certain challenges and obstacles that will force and invite you to become the person necessary to fulfill the vision of that dream. So what's your dream? And I found that often on the path towards a vision, on a path towards your dream, I've seen, you know, as a result of the last 14 years of coaching many people one-on-one, -on -one, everyone ranging from billionaires and celebrities and athletes and pop stars and, and uh, circus performers, children, top real estate people, mothers, kids, you know, you name it, a whole wide range of individuals to people that have come to my Man Breakthrough event, to, to uh, some of the amazing women that come, have come to the Man Breakthrough from around the world, to some of the leaders and visionaries who've attended my Boundless Bliss Bali journey. I've seen certain patterns. And many times I see people sabotaging themselves, amazing individuals, amazing human beings such as yourself, 
doing this thing called self-sabotage. And that's one of the things we are about to talk about today. So, where in your life, how in your life do you sabotage yourself and what is it costing you in your life? There usually is a reason behind self-sabotage. But many times, if you're if you take a step back and look, you won't even be aware when you sabotage or why you sabotage or how you sabotage. Usually it just happens, and it usually happens at the most inconvenient times. So imagine for a moment that you were truly free from your past conditioning, your stories, your limitations. Imagine for a moment you were able to break through self-sabotage and not be a prisoner to self-sabotage. What would you really do? What would you create? And it saddens me you know, over the years of working with people, that so few people truly live their full potential in their lives. You may have read the books, have all the knowledge, yet still be stuck. Why is it? What stops us? And how do we truly get unstuck, which is part of what we're here to explore today? Perhaps you, as you go for your dreams in a certain area, you're about to, you've had the this experience where you've, you're about to get to your ideal weight and you're, you've been working hard, you've been eating right, and you're right about to get to your ideal weight and boom, you do something unconsciously. You hit what I call, what's called like an upper limit. Your, 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 your entire body's shifting. It's almost like your body's shifting, but it's now no longer consistent with your identity about yourself and it starts feeling a little un- uncomfortable and you do this thing called sabotage. Or you're in a relationship with someone, and you may have had this experience, right? When you're in a relationship with someone, and you're getting closer, and you're getting closer in the weeks and the months, and you're getting closer and closer, and the person more intimate, the oneness is, you're becoming more one with that person, and opening up, and, and, and it's getting a little scary because you're beginning to open up your heart and open up parts of yourself that perhaps you have never opened up to another person and there's a vulnerability in that and and all of a sudden you say something that just blows the whole thing up and creates distance or you God forbid you cheat or do something that ultimately causes distance, destroys the relationship, which is a form of sabotage, a form of protection in that way as well. Or you're about to have maybe a breakthrough in your money, in your career, uh, in terms of creating a next level of success. I've seen so many individuals who I've had the privilege of working with almost get there. They almost get to that next level. And right when they're about to get to the next level of abundance, the next level of prosperity, the next level of their career, they do something that just screws it up. And they're not even consciously aware. They just do it. It's kind of a default mechanism. See, what happens whenever you, you, you are growing, whenever you're expanding, you start stretching outside of your comfort zone. We all have a comfort zone that we get used to, a certain level, a certain frequency, the amount of love that you can handle. We get a certain comfort zone of the amount of money you can handle, the amount of success you can handle, the amount of, amount of you know, uh, feeling good in your body, bliss you can handle in your body and how good you feel. So we all have a certain thermostat inside that we get used to managing and adjusting. So as you start growing and expanding and moving into the next level of your vision and your dreams, if you're not consciously aware as you grow, it puts pressure on that, on that boundary that's created as a comfort zone, that thermostat. 
And if you're not aware, there's often a drive inside of you as a human being, which is like a drive of survival to keep things consistent in a state of homeostasis, to keep things consistent with your identity about yourself. And as a result, if you're not aware, there's that self-sabotage sneaks in, kicks in to bring you back down to a level that's comfortable for you that you know yourself to be. And there's several reasons for self-sabotage. We're going to explore that. But if you're not aware, those patterns of self-sabotage will rob you of your dreams, will rob you of your vision, will rob you of fully giving your gifts to the world. So ask yourself, as we begin, are you truly ready to break through? Many people constantly try and shift and change and manipulate the external circumstances in their life, changing this, changing that person, focusing on that, that thing out there. But I believe it truly shifts, to truly shift your reality. If you don't like the reality you, you are experiencing, if you're not experiencing a physical reality that is in alignment with what you feel deeply in your heart, you can try and shift what's out there. But if outer experience is a reflection of your inner reality, then the place that we must begin is looking inside. To look inside and shift what's inside, then the outside reflects the inside. And as you shift what's inside and, and, and unravel those mechanisms inside that you might have created that, that are determining the actions you take and the actions you take are determining the results you produce in your physical world, which is creating your reality... If you're able to shift what's inside, then what's outside will also shift. So are you ready? In terms of stopping sabotage, in terms of stepping into your greatness, there is greatness in you. And I think deep down, there's a part of you that knows to not give your gift is painful. So it's been a privilege for me to assist many individuals from around the world to break through patterns of sabotage, to uncover those hidden blocks that have kept people stuck, have kept you from creating success in your life. You know, for those of you, since some of you might know a bit about my background, but I'm just going to take literally a couple of minutes and share a bit about how I, how I came to the point of sharing my gift. Because people often ask me, how, how did you... How, how did you get to where you've gotten to where I have the opportunity to travel the world and speak in different parts of the world and in Bali, for an example, or coach people in India or travel, speak at different conferences and festivals? And over the last 14 years, I've had the privilege to build a, a transformational coaching and speaking uh, business where I have clients in 25 countries over the last 14 years. And it's a real privilege anytime I get the opportunity to share my gift with you, to share my gift with humanity. For me, this is why I'm on the planet. But the, the people often ask me, how, how did you get to this point? How did you get to where you are right now? In a nutshell, I was born in Ghana, West Africa. My father's from Ghana. My mother's Japanese. I grew up in London. People often ask me, where are you from? I often don't know. <laughs> it just depends on how I feel in the moment because I feel like I'm a citizen of the world. And my first memories growing up as a young boy was a deep calling to serve humanity. I knew that there were gifts in my heart. I knew that there was a calling, that there was something that I was uniquely here to give humanity. I'll never forget being a young boy. I must have been around age six, age seven, 
And uh, this chubby kid, I was being lost in the crowd in Ghana, West Africa. And I'll never forget this one day when I saw this woman who was completely crippled, crawling on the floor. And I saw her crawling on her hands and knees because she, her hands and, and legs were completely mangled. And, and there were thousands of people kind of walking around and over her. And I remember her picking up the sand that a man walked on and wiping it on her face and standing up. You could say it was a miracle. I'll never forget that the same man who sent she she picked up would week after week, day after day. I'll never forget a woman in a wheelchair walking up to him and him looking at her, putting his hands on her head and saying, Stand up and she would the woman in the wheelchair would say, But I'm sick and he would say, Stand up and this would go back and forth and he would say, Do you believe? Are you willing to believe? Then commit to standing up and she would stand up. Week after week I saw miracles and this man was my father. So I grew up with a sense of possibility that anything was possible miracles were possible that transformation breakthroughs you could say were truly possible a miracle being a shift in perception i believe that just being alive is a miracle the opportunity to be alive to give your gift is a miracle you are a miracle not giving your gift is not living that miracle fully so where are you not giving your gift in your life, sharing your gifts with the world? That any time you forgive, any time you see who you truly are, any time you let the past go, any time you share your love with another human being, these are all miracles. Each moment is that opportunity. And so I grew up in that environment. And age eight, I started speaking my father's church. Age 14, I was ordained as a minister given the mandate to take over my father's church. My father had about 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, one in London, and he's a very mystical, metaphysical uh, human being. But I, I knew at a very young age that my, uh, my path, that my path was not necessarily to reach people through the structure uh, of a church or, or an organization. I felt in my heart, at a very young age, that my path was to reach the new generation in a whole different way. I, I knew that when I was about 14. But honestly, it took me, I did not have the courage to face my father. I did not have the courage to speak my truth as a young boy because I wanted my father's acceptance. And there's many things I realized that we do in our lives to stay conforming to the family tribe. And that's one of the reasons we sabotage ourselves because some part of ourselves sometimes feel, oh, oh, if I actually break out and be who I really am, if I reach my full potential, then I will rise above my family. If I reach my full potential, if I be who I truly am in the world, then maybe I'll be outcast by my family. So many times, unconsciously, one of the reasons I've seen people sabotage themselves is to keep themselves stuck in a tribal pattern, a tribal zone of family conditioning. So so that they can continue to be accepted by the family, by the tribe. The, the unconscious drive for acceptance, for validation, for belonging, which has its healthy manifestation, but if we're not careful, it can, it can be an unconscious drive for why we sabotage ourselves and don't fully be ourselves fully and death fly. Fear of leaving those behind, fear of not being accepted, fear of... You know, you could just fill in the blank for yourself. Fear of no longer fitting in. So I had to face my version of that. 
I'm wondering what your version of that is. I had to face my version of that as a young man in my teens. and took me four years to say, to realize that I, I did not have a choice. I knew that if my life, see, my life was set out for me. I had the, the comfortable path, which was taking off my father's churches. He had hundreds of thousands at his height, around 500,000 followers in, in Ghana, West Africa, thousands in London. And my path was set out, which was to take over the ministry. I was designated as the successor. There were all these expectations on me, hopes and expectations put on me. And I was speaking every Sunday and counseling people at a very young age. And I felt called to make a difference, but I knew that there was more. I knew in my heart that there was more, that there was a bigger reason that I was born on this planet. And I think many of us, many of you listening to this call, Regardless of what you're living, maybe you have a great job, maybe you're making a lot of money, maybe you're living in a nice relationship, maybe you're, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be like something's wrong, but likely there's a place inside deep down that knows that there's more. And that more is not necessarily an ego thing that wants more, I want more, bigger house, bigger car, more, more. but there's a deeper impulse of life itself, a deeper impulse of the divine. That which is breathing and living every single manifestation of existence that is actually seeking to make itself manifest and express itself through you as a unique expression in the world to give its gifts through you. Life seeking to give itself to give its gifts through you. So that feeling of God, there's so much more that wants to express, but sometimes there's that feeling of I'm just afraid to, to, to throw my arms wide open fully and, and just let life take me. So we do all these things to play small, to sabotage, to, to, to disconnect, to just kind of keep control. So I realized at a very young age, I had to break the validation. I had to break the, the need for acceptance from my family, from my tribe, from my culture, from my community, and be willing to have the balls, the courage to stand in my truth. It takes courage, my friends, to be who you really are. In a world that is constantly telling you that you're not enough, in a world that's constantly telling you you need to be this way, you need to be that way in order to be loved and accepted. And so I dared to stand in my truth and it took me a few years, <laughs> better late than never. But when I was 18, I, I remember seeing two paths. I had one path set out for me, which was the path of the known, taking over my father's churches, which had I done, I probably would not be speaking to you right now. Then I had another path, which is a path into the unknown, which was to leave everything I knew behind and to go into the unknown. Sometimes we sabotage ourselves because we're afraid of that unknown path, because we don't know what that path holds. We don't know what's down that path. Even though we're being called down that path, we don't know what's down there. So as a way to play it safe, to preserve ourselves, we take the known path, which only leads to a life of misery because some part of our soul is being compromised. I knew that if I chose the safe path, there was a part of me that would die in a life half-lived was not truly living. A life that I was not fully expressing who I really was was not success. That no matter what I achieved in the world, if I took the safe path and continued down the path that was expected for me by hundreds of thousands of people, including my father, no matter what, what I achieved in the physical world, I would not be happy. People often t come to me, you know, when they come to, for instance, many people come to, uh, uh, to, let's say, Bali. 
I do this, a 12-day event in Bali called Boundless Bliss Bali, which we do twice a year in July and December. And, you know, there's many amazing folks that come to me and say, I, you know, I'm, I'm just not happy. And it's pretty evident that the reason they're not happy is because they're not following their hearts. They're not following their truth. They've been doing all these things to sabotage so they don't have to follow that. But you, you, you cannot be happy if you're not following your truth. So I'll never forget the moment of having a conversation with my father and telling him I would not be taking over his churches, his organization, his dreams for me. You must live your own dreams, not someone else's dreams. So I'll never forget that moment. And we didn't speak for years. I was outcast for years. Cut a long story short. I won't bore you with the entire story. That's for another teleseminar. But uh, after the conversation, we didn't speak for a couple of years. But in a nutshell, I won a green card in the... And green card lottery, the American government gives away 55,000 green cards in the green card lottery. In that moment, I knew that my life was destined. And I believe that when you are willing to be bold, when you're willing to follow your truth, when you're willing to follow your heart, the entire universe is simply waiting to support you. That you must trust. See, I felt a call in my heart, a deeper call. Likely you feel a call in your heart too. And I've seen that often. What keeps us stuck? What keeps us stuck? Is that you might feel something. You know that moment when you feel something? You know that moment, right? Just think for a moment. You, something feels off about a person, about a situation, or you feel like, oh, it's time to leave my job, or I'm not really happy doing what I'm doing, and something doesn't feel quite right, and I need to change my life, and you feel like, do this, do that, quit, speak to that person, end the relationship. And many times, what I've seen keeps people stuck is, you may feel something in your heart, a truth that is beyond your fear, beyond your mind. And I see that many times we simply deny and we suppress the truth, we avoid, we disconnect, we suppress the truth. Out of fear, out of fear, what often keeps us stuck is we do not tell the truth to ourselves about what we truly feel. We go into denial, we lie to ourselves. We deceive ourselves in a nutshell. Sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, we distract ourselves from what we're really feeling so we don't have to feel the truth of what we really feel. Deep down, we know the truth. Deep down, you know the truth. There is a part of you that knows the truth. Following the truth will, will not always be the easy path, but following the truth ultimately will lead to an authentic life, and it's an authentic life that will lead to true happiness. And I believe that when you don't follow the truth of your heart, there'll be a part of you unconsciously that knows you're not following the truth, which will only lead to you sabotaging your results, sabotaging the events in your life. Because there's a part of you that's not in alignment many times with the path you're on. So deep down, we know. What is it that you know? What is it that you're pretending to not know? Many times I've seen that we, you know, we, we, we know, but we're afraid, you know, working with many clients and have, having had thousands of conversations with clients in Bali, one-on-one, -on -one, many times we, we know, but we're afraid of the consequence of what will happen if we really, really, really are honest. 
What if I'm truly honest about what I really feel? About my relationship? What if I'm truly honest about what I really feel about my job, which is not in alignment, about my relationship, which is not really, really the truth. I, I've seen many people come to me in my seminars and say, Could I, I'm not sure. I, I'm in love. I'm not sure if I'm in love. Do I really love this person? I'm not sure. And it's like, usually 99.9, I'd say 100% of the time, deep down, that person knows, but it's scary to tell the truth. I knew I had to leave my father's church. I knew I had to leave my father's church, step outside of my comfort zone and go into the world on my own as a young man at age 17. I knew. I knew at 14. It took me three years to develop the courage. But I knew. So many people I have seen lie to themselves in order to keep the status quo. This is one of the ways we keep ourselves stuck as human beings. I call it the game of confusion. The game of confusion. It's kind of like a I don't know game. You know, I hear people say, I, I, could, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I feel. I'm not sure if I should leave my job or not. I'm not sure if this is really working for me. I'm not sure what I really feel. We're pretending. People, I see people pretend to not know. I'm just not sure. And the payoff of not knowing and being confused is you actually don't have to act. You don't have to put yourself on the line and truly take the step that deep down in your heart you know it's time for, which is end the relationship, which is move, which is start your own business, start your own venture, which is you know start speaking, write that book. I'm sure what my, my gift is. I'm not sure what my life purpose is. I'm not sure about you know, my role in the world. I'm not sure if I'm in love deep down. You, you know. Owning that knowing is humility because it's truth. To truly own that knowing is the first step. Not owning that knowing is, is a way that we keep ourselves stuck. It's convenient to not know, to stay confused, and you don't have to take full responsibility to change your situation. Not knowing, being in confusion, playing the game of I don't know confusion is a way to perpetuate where you are, is a way to disown your power. I see people sometimes pretend to not be powerful. There's power inside of you. If you're listening to this call, you know that deep down. I'm not talking about ego power, like, oh, I'm powerful, like a small eye. I'm talking about a deeper sense of your soul that is powerful, that is expressing through you to, to not acknowledge that, to not acknowledge that will only drive a part of you crazy. It's like not listening to a part of the deeper dimension of your being. I remember a client of mine who, who came to Bali and came to my 11-day event in Bali, which we do twice a year, and I'll never forget it. One of his... One of his fears, you know, was his fear of if I truly own my power, and he was afraid to own his power. But part of his fear of owning his power, I'll never forget having this conversation with him and exploring it with him, that one of his fears of really owning his power was if he truly owned his power, he would have to leave home. He'd have to leave his family behind. So 
unconsciously his way of staying connected to the tribe and not leaving home and bonding with his family and, and which connected to so many things because he couldn't afford to make money because if he made money, he'd have no excuse to not be home. But if he didn't make any money and, and if he was constantly broke and kept sabotaging his financial life, then he'd have no money. So he'd have to live at home and he'd have this seemingly valid reason as to why I can't leave home. So you see, we play all these games with ourselves. But it takes courage to tell the truth. What games are you playing with yourself that keep you in a spiral of sabotaging? What games are you playing? One of the ways that you must, that will assist in breaking through sabotage is a first step is you must tell the truth to yourself. You must tell the truth to yourself. There may be consequences, which is why we don't tell the truth. But to really be willing to have the courage that this is the truth, this is what I feel, this is where I'm at. I'm not in love with you anymore. My relationship is not aligned anymore. What's the truth you need to tell? The truth will, see, even if you're not willing to act on the truth, people say, I, I, I'm not willing to act. Even if you're not willing to act on the truth, be willing to at least tell the truth this way. You can't say you don't know what the truth is. And telling the truth has a profound impact on your consciousness, I found. In helping people really break through, I found that when you tell the truth, it has an impact on your consciousness because you can no longer say, I don't know. And when you tell the truth, I'm not in love anymore. This relationship no longer works. This job no longer works. This, I, I must start a new business. I must leave the country to a different place. When you tell the truth to yourself, you can no longer BS yourself. And the truth, when you sit with the truth, it, it, it kind of starts burning you up because I, 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 like, I like to say you start burning in the truth. Even if you don't know, even if you're not ready to take that leap yet, just knowing the truth will light a fire under you, so to speak, that will start brewing you, boiling you. And then I can tell you it's only a matter of time until something has to move because then it gets so to know the truth and to not act on the truth is painful. But to, not, to, to pretend to not know the truth and be in denial, it kind of allows you to perpetuate what you're, the, the, this, the, the, the out of alignment that you might be living. So the first step is choose to tell the truth. Many times we don't tell the truth because we feel we can't afford to tell the truth. Telling a truth we could mean changes. So ask yourself, do you want freedom? Do you truly want to be free? Do you truly want to be free? Otherwise, we're often busy playing the game. And we end up having, having to consciously or unconsciously sabotage our next level. The next level of our greatness, the next level of our abundance, the next level as a way to keep ourselves stuck where we are. which only keeps you in victimhood, which only keeps you powerless. It's better to tell the truth and, and take responsibility for being stuck. I hear many people say, oh, I, I don't want to be stuck, but deep down, yes, I do, because if I get unstuck, then I'm going to have to do something about my life. If I tell the truth and get unstuck, I might have to leave my relationship. If I get unstuck, then I might have to, you fill in the blank for yourself. What's the blank for you? If I actually break through, then I might have, then people might actually see how powerful and amazing I really am and I'll no longer have any more excuse to play small. 
many times when we play small, we have an excuse, and no one knows what we're truly capable of. So we don't have to be called on for greatness. It's a way of hiding. Actually, it's better to tell the truth, to say, look, I hate my job, but I'm choosing to stay in my job simply for the money, even though I hate it. It's completely out of integrity. I'm selling a product that I hate. I don't like it, but I'm afraid. And to sit in that truth, because that truth will be so painful and will burn you up, that it's only a matter of time until something has to shift. The, the, the disruptive tension eventually will cause movement inside of you. Or it could be, you know, I'm smoking. I'm doing a drug. I'm doing something that smoking uh, cigarettes, smoking marijuana, doing a drug, whatever it might be, addiction, it might be alcohol. I know, I know what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. But I'm not willing to quit. I'm not ready and willing to quit. And just sit in that truth for a moment and feel the pain of that. If you truly allow yourself to feel the pain of the truth, it will often be quite painful. So ponder for a moment. What lies have you been telling yourself? Telling yourself lies will keep you stuck doing the same thing in the same patterns, repeating them over and over and over again. Write this down. What lies are you telling yourself? And even once we're done with the call, I'm going to invite you before the night's over and before you go to sleep tonight, you sit with what lies are you telling you? Yourself, And to really have the courage, because if you do that exercise, there'll be a part of you that will, like to, that will kind of want to bullshit yourself and say, well, it's the, I'm, t- I'm telling myself this lie or that lie. And once you've written down the ten lies, that's when the exercise begins. And so, okay, what lies am I really, really telling myself? What am I pretending to not know really, really? So what lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? That's question number two. What am I avoiding feeling by not telling the truth? And what is it costing me? And to take some time to really feel what it's really costing you. Because it will cost you. And feel it. I'll never forget a client of mine. Uh, a client of mine who, <laughs> you know, uh, one of his... You know, he would sabotage his success. This guy had so much potential. I remember he came to Bali on my 11-and-a-half-day journey and had some huge breakthroughs on this journey in Bali, which we do twice a year. And I'll never forget that during the process, at some point, I think it was on day four or day five, you know, this guy confessed that he had so much potential. He made money and did everything the easy way and just cruised through life. He was just cruising through life, taking the comfortable path through life and was not really stretching himself to reach outside of his comfort zone, was not really stretching himself to reach for his potential, his greatness, his full magnificence. And he didn't understand why. And uh, it was interesting because on the Bali journey, as we started talking, he confessed that... He, his father was like a professor who uh, always wanted him to be perfect, perfect. Everything had to be perfect and was given these math problems, had to do it perfect, had to get all laid, had to be the perfect guy. And he never felt true acceptance, unconditional love from his father. And he felt on some level, psychically, you know, as a child, rejected by his father. Have you ever felt that? 
that it wasn't conscious, but an unconscious part of him kind of felt like a sense of not being fully accepted for who he was inherently by his father. And he started confessing this, and I'll never forget tears flowed from his eyes, and he felt that he had to be perfect. So as a result, his reaction, you know, he, de he, he developed a lot of resentment and anger towards his father, and as a result, his reaction, his way of saying, screw you, dad, was to live mediocre. Can you believe that? His way of, of dealing was to live mediocre as a way of saying to his dad, screw you. Which in doing so, all it did was affected him. All it did was cause him pain. And as a result, he kind of kept failing. As a result, he didn't truly achieve the high level of success that he had the potential for. And he kept kind of failing. And, but, see, he carried all this resentment towards his father, you see. And, and, and he, did, um, he came to me and said, I don't understand why I keep failing, why I keep screwing up, why I keep sabotaging myself, why I keep doing these things. Have you ever felt that way where you just weren't sure why you were stuck? You weren't sure why you kept falling over, tripping over yourself, doing these things? You weren't quite sure. And even though you felt such potential inside of you, so I'll never forget this guy, and he, he kept saying, I don't understand why I keep screwing up, why I keep failing. And on some level, he couldn't afford to succeed. You may be thinking, Coop, what do you mean he couldn't afford to succeed? This guy couldn't afford to succeed. Because there was a deep part of him that had so much resentment towards his father because he felt like my dad screwed me up. He wasn't present. He didn't accept me. He was kind of verbally abusive towards me and just wanted me to be perfect all the time. And I hate my dad. And, and he kind of messed me up. And unconsciously, though, his, he couldn't afford to be successful. Because just stick with me a second. His, his, his screwing up and failing in his life and kind of living mediocrity was his way of proving to himself and his parents how much they messed him up. It was his way of saying, you see, Dad, you messed me up. And I am where I am today because it's your fault. So he couldn't afford to actually be successful because, because that would, you know, disprove his theory as to how much they actually screwed him up. So he wanted to prove his point unconsciously, the pain, the wound, was trying to prove his point by being a screw-up, being mediocre in life, saying that, that would give him the validation, the reason to say, see, I'm this way because you messed up. And his anger and his resentment was actually sabotaging himself to keep himself stuck so he could be right. Don't let your rightness, in quotation marks, run your life. Being right will often sabotage yourself like it did this client of mine who came to Bali. Because he felt if I succeeded, then it would pr maybe prove that they didn't screw me up. My dad didn't really screw me up. So it was kind of like a punishing of his father, which was only punishing himself. So where are you holding on in your life to being right? What is it costing you? How is that affecting how you sabotage yourself consciously or unconsciously? I'm hoping that in this moment, maybe a light bulb or two is going off. How do you do that? In order to free yourself to end sabotage, you must also let go of being right and be more committed to being free. It's your life. See, to really get unstuck, people say, Kud, how do I get unstuck? How do I really get unstuck? 
You must be willing to take complete self-complete responsibility for your part. No more excuses. No more. I don't know. Taking responsibility is power. No more blame game, blaming someone else or why you are the way you are today. I'm not saying be in denial. Feel your feelings. Feel your anger. Feel whatever's there. Face it. Deal with it. But no excuses for why you are the way you are and what you're experiencing in your life today and why you aren't doing what you know you must do is no one's fault. It may have been when you were five and eight, but today, if you're listening to this call, no one's coming to save you. No one's coming. Not Buddha, not Bruce Lee, not Bob Marley, not Santa Claus, not the White Knight, not your parents. You have the power to choose right now, today, on this call, to reclaim your power, to forgive, to release yourself, to forgive your parents, to forgive an ex, to forgive yourself. You have the power right now today. And what you do today is what will determine your future. Nobody is worth your freedom. I invite you, if you're holding on, in this moment, to let go, to give it up. Playing a victim is part of what keeps us sabotaging. Because to give that up, then we no longer have any more excuses. And playing a victim can actually be a fear of how powerful you really are. Are you ready to truly step into your greatness, to truly step into your power? Because, see, when you do, there's a responsibility that comes with that. It's not for the faint of heart. The reality is you're already great. Your soul is great. Your beingness is great. It's your responsibility to just be who you are, which is great. So how do you get unstuck, you might ask. One of the, the things I see really helps as a beginning. You know, there's so much I could say. And it is a process of unraveling layers. But most of the time, I've noticed that many of the patterns that you might have often operate unconsciously, and many times it's only after you have sabotaged yourself, maybe eating the entire ice cream tub, you know, uh, uh, had sex with a dishonoring guy, or overate, or stopped exercising, or played small, or lied to yourself, or didn't stand up for yourself. Many times it happens quite unconsciously without your awareness. Radical honesty leads to the ability to be more aware. And awareness is one of the first keys to getting unstuck. Many times we're operating unconsciously without being aware of what we're doing. We're just doing what we're doing. We're doing what we're always doing. One of the questions I would ask you is, what is it that you're always doing? Chances are you're always doing it, so you may not be aware that you're always doing what you're always doing. But what is it that you're always doing? There's usually something that you're always doing that you're not aware that you're always doing, but you're always doing it. Are you following? What is it that you're always doing? It's kind of like if you wear a watch, you know, those of you that wear watches, I know some of you, amazing spiritual folk, are beyond time and may not wear watches. And there was a period where I didn't wear a watch for years, so kind of kidding aside. If you're wearing, if you wear a watch, uh, you know, if you had a moment, you might notice that there comes a point where you don't even realize you're wearing the watch. It just becomes a part of part of your arm, a part of your wrist. Without awareness, without awareness, you cannot shift. 
So being honest leads to awareness. Many times, the patterns that run you that end up creating sabotage just happen. They're just happening. Wired in your nervous system, the nervous system being the antenna to the world. Every single thing that happened to you as a child gets stored in your nervous system. The nervous system is your antenna in the world. So as events happen, as situations happen, as relationships happen, as people say things to you, you're interpreting everything through the lens of your nervous system, which is then affecting your decision-making, your processing, which is creating your reality. And as a result, you take action. So if there's a whole bunch of junk stuff, emotion, unresolved, wounds, pain, anger, fear, sadness, resentment stuck in your nervous system, can you see how that might actually shift and affect negatively how you perceive reality in the moment? The reality that you might be perceiving about yourself, about a situation, about men, about life, about success, about money might not actually be quite real. might not be as real as you think. Perhaps reality isn't as real as you thought. So are you open to your reality changing? Many times we, there's a way of being where we're operating unconsciously without being aware. If you aren't aware of what's running you, you don't have access to truly shifting and making a new choice. You're just being run by conditioning, run by programming. Run by programming. See, awareness is key. In the beginning stages of becoming aware, first you have to be aware that you're not aware. That's a step in awareness, to be aware that you're not aware. Then you start becoming aware of your patterns, the patterns of sabotage. Wow, what happened right before you did that thing? What happened right before you reached out for the cigarette? What happened right before you, you, know, you, you, you ate the ice cream tub? Well, there's usually something that triggered it. Many times we're not aware of what actually triggers our behaviors, our patterns. So the first step is awareness. You can start being aware that you're not aware and then start becoming aware. In the moment of awareness, you can be present. In order to be aware, you must be present. Many times we learn to disconnect from being present as children as a way to, to function, deal, survive. See, as children, you know, you might ask, many of you have read books, you know, but have you ever wondered why after reading the books and having the information, you still repeat certain patterns over and over and over and over again repeatedly, even though you know better, or why you still sabotage yourself, even though you just read the book about how to overcome that? You see, we often think we're free, but I, I like to say, we're often not as free as we think because the degree to which we are conditioned by our past programming and conditioning, we're actually not free to truly choose. And to truly break through self-sabotage, we must be aware and we must choose. But if you're being run by your conditioning from the past, you're not choosing. And if you're not choosing, then patterns and drives and unconscious drives from the past are just running you and creating sabotage, which is, which is then limiting your life in your full expression. Real power is the ability to choose your response in any given moment. You must be aware. See, as children, we're born free. You know, as children, if you look at a child, a child is free. A child will jump on the table and dance and sing and shout and scream. And, you know, a child doesn't have too much self-consciousness. A child is alive. A child is vibrant. Do you remember that moment when you were a child? I think we all had that moment of that sense of freedom, right? We all had that moment 
you remember that moment, maybe when you were like, what, five, six, ten? We all had a moment, a glimpse, at least one second, at least a minute when we were just free and we would sing and scream and dance and, and we'd jump on the table naked and shout. We didn't care what people thought. We fell over. We would stay. It was just that we were in touch with our essence, our nature. I think that's why when we look at children, you look into a child's eyes, no matter who you are, saint or sinner, you look into a child's eyes, it touches that part of you. Reminds you of that part of you that was that innocent, that free, that alive. But, you know, as children, we go into life and we start dealing with our parents and uh, sometimes crazy parents uh, uh, who are also doing the best they can based on them being conditioned by their grandparents who were conditioned by their parents. By their, and just the whole thing continues. So as we start dealing with our parents and dealing with our family environment and our and our culture and our community environment and the media and society, we start learning all sorts of ways to adjust ourselves. We start learning all sorts of ways to disconnect, to not feel, to not feel the pain perhaps of the trauma or in, in, in our family system, perhaps feeling, to, we, we start learning all sorts of ways to disconnect and not feel the pain of not having certain needs met, to the pain of abuse, the pain of being abandoned. We could just, you know, fill in your own blank. So we start learning a whole mechanism to disconnect, to not feel, to shut down, to not feel the pain, to numb ourselves, to ultimately survive. So that's on one hand. On the other hand, we start learning a way of being in the world to, 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 to survive, to, to fit in, to get love, to be validated, to be approved. We start develop, developing a persona and a mask to be loved, to get certain needs met. Do you like me? Who do I need to be in order for you to like me? We start contorting ourselves into a certain shape in order to fit in, to be loved. And we disconnect from ourselves. We develop a character that we hold on to tightly that we call ourselves. And we say, this is just me. It's just who I am. So I'm here to ask you today, as we consider breaking out of certain roles, breaking out of ways you've been sabotaging yourself because many of those roles will sabotage your next level. Many of the roles that, that you developed as a way of being to survive as a child is, is actually the very thing that may have helped you when you were 5, 10, 14, 18, but actually stops you from getting to the next level of your success, the next level of giving your gift. Because if you're stuck in a prison of the past, a prison of a persona, a prison of a survival mechanism, then obviously the true light of your being, the true light of your soul, can't fully express in the prison of your patterns. And that's why many times it saddens me to see so many amazing human beings who have so much to give, so much to offer, voice, song, creativity, artistic expression. They feel it. You know it deep down. It's there, but it, does, it can't quite come out because there's all this patterning and conditioning that we learn to develop as children. Survival mechanisms that work for us as children. I'll never forget a client of mine who also came to Bali, Indonesia, on the Boundless Bliss Bali journey. I was, for those of you that may have just joined, I was sharing the Boundless Bliss Bali journey. It's an 11 and a half day journey to, with me to, to Bali, Indonesia, which I do twice a year. And I had this client come on, 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 on Bali, one of the first Bali journeys that I did ever. We've done about seven of them now. And uh, we're going to our eighth one in December. And this guy came, I think, to the first or second one. And I'll never forget... Uh, I looked at this man and 
you know when you see someone and huh, <laughs> and, and, and if something feels off? Because I looked at this man and I saw a powerhouse. I saw a man who was a lion. I saw a great man. I saw the greatness in this man. Because one of my passions in life, one of my gifts in life is to see people. I, I, I see who you are. And that's what I told him. I said, I see who you are and who you are really. Not who you're pretending to be because what you're pretending to be and how you're living your life, I told this man, you're living a lie. And he looked at me kind of surprised. And, you know, his whole story, because we have a story that we live inside of, and it, the more tightly you hold on to your story, the more likely it, you are to, to try and remain consistent with that story because if you think that story is you, you're likely to remain consistent with that story as an identity. That's why I say, what if who you really are was not who you thought you were? Would you be willing to let go of who you thought you were to find out who you really are? It takes courage. So I looked at this man and I said, you've been living a lie. I see greatness in you. You're like a lion who's acting like a mouse. He looked at me kind of surprised. And his whole story is cool. I'm the shy guy. I'm the quiet guy. I'm the guy, you know, and he, he was married to this amazing woman who was very outspoken, very outgoing. And, you know, she goes, I'm the shy person. I'm the, I'm the behind the scenes person. I don't like it. I just like being behind the scenes. He said, it's just who I am. Many times who we think we really are is not who we really are. It's just who we've been conditioned to be, to function, survive, to fit in. What personas have you been living in? What identities have kept you stuck? That you're holding tightly onto thinking it's who you are. It's not who you are. They're just patterns that, that you've learned to configure to survive. That got you so far, that get us so far, but won't get us to that next level. I mean, he, he, he was you know, fighting for the story. If I'm just a shy guy, this is just who I am. It's just who I am, he kept saying. I said, this is not who you really are. So as I worked with him and asked him some questions, I'll never forget, I asked him about a few questions, and this man came up to me the next day with tears in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, Could those questions you asked changed my life. I have not cried since I was age five. And he said, I had a flashback when I was a young boy that I did not remember for decades. He said, I did not even know this was impacting me, but I think I'm seeing something now. And there's many things that are impacting us, causing us to sabotage that we're not even realizing. And he said to me, Koo, when you asked me those questions, I, I had this flashback. And I realized at age five, I was sexually molested. Many of you listening to this call may have gone through your own version of that or different forms of challenges or trauma or pain that, have, that may have had an impact. And so I realized I was sexually molested by my uncle and I completely forgot about it. I buried it so deep I didn't even realize it was even in my awareness. There's many things that we learn to bury so deep that we're not even consciously aware of. And what you're not aware of will often run you. Until you deal with them, they will deal with you. And as I worked with this man, he started crying and see what had happened for this amazing human being. Was as a child, something happened that should not have happened. You know, innocence was taken advantage of by his uncle. Something occurred that really should not have happened. 
So as a, as a five-year-old kid, he learned to shut down. He learned to disconnect. He learned to, to, to become quiet. He learned unconsciously that it wasn't safe to be who I really am in the world because he was bright. He was outspoken. He learned that when I'm who I am, when I am bright, outspoken, loud, creative, when I am, when I am myself, then bad things happen. It's not safe in the world if I'm who I am. If I let my light shine in the world, it's not safe. So unconsciously as a child, as, as a way to survive, the best way he knew how, and ultimately we often do the best we know how at those stages, he, he learned to hide and be quiet, and be in the background. Because if no one can see who I am, if no one can see me, then I can't be hurt. Do you get what I'm saying? So he learned to hide and be quiet and be shy and be almost invisible, even to the point where he attracted a woman and a wife in his life who was the outgoing person, out of fear, out of reaction to a wound. He wasn't really being himself. He was being a reaction to something as a protection mechanism. And as a result, his dream was to build a business and impact lies through his business. But, hey, if you're going to create success in the world, you have to be seen. You can't create success in hiding. You're going to be seen in some way, in some capacity. People will know you. People will hear of your company. And the very thought of being seen was wired in him unconsciously as dangerous. If when I'm seen, there's danger. Does that make sense? You follow, I hope you're following what I'm saying. So his way of keeping himself safe was to hide, never be seen. And as a result, he would find all these silly little ways, some small, some big, to sabotage his success and not go to that next level. Because he couldn't afford to go to that next level because going to that next level meant risking being seen, which was wired in him as dangerous. So what's your programming that's affecting you? I hope perhaps your thinking may be in some light bulbs going off as to why you might be sabotaging, why you might be doing what you're doing, what the payoff might be for sabotaging your success. Why the payoff might be as to why you're not allowing your light to shine. There's usually reasons. It doesn't just happen. So as you realize what's driving your sabotage. There's usually something that's driving your self-sabotage. What is it? Take a moment. As we're on this call, we have a few minutes left together and I'm going to share something very special with you on this call. But in the last few moments we have together, just take a moment. What's driving your sabotage? Usually a reason. It doesn't usually happen accidentally, but many times we're not aware. So you must tell the truth. You must be willing to be completely responsible and take responsibility be aware, choose. It's the key. Tell the truth, responsibility, awareness, choice. Without awareness, there's no choice. So what's been driving you? What's been driving you? From stopping you, from giving your gifts, causing you to sabotage. So you might ask, as we move into the final portion of this call, how, how, do you, how do I actually shift, Coot? How do I actually shift and break out of some of these patterns? You know, that's a, a big question that 
can often take days, weeks, months, you know. I help people do that in Bali. It takes 11 days. But I'm going to at least give you one key to think about that will support you in moving forward that you can take from this call. Here's what I want you to get. If you look at your life and why you've been sabotaging, what the drive is, Many times it's easy, it's what I've seen when I work with clients, it's easy for, my, for people to judge themselves, beat themselves up, be really harsh towards yourself when you see yourself stuck in certain patterns of self-sabotage, certain addictions, doing certain things over and over again. And I see people take out the, 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 the psychological baseball bat and just bash themselves and beat themselves up. And why am I doing this? And what's wrong with me? And I'm stuck. And on and on and on, you know, and you know we've all done it. And be really harsh with themselves as to why they're sabotaging. I can tell you right now that judging yourself and beating yourself up serves nothing. It's a complete waste of time. Beating yourself up to try and cause yourself to transform and break through is not a recipe to help transform yourself and break through. All it does is keep yourself stuck. So how do you shift? I'm going to move fast and get ready. One thing I've found, this is over working with thousands of clients over the last 14 years, one simple thing to remember is self-compassion. Self-compassion is key. But you must realize that driving your self-sabotaging patterns, the very patterns, the very, the very addictions, the very patterns that, of self-sabotage, underlying those behaviors is a positive intention. Underlying those behaviors is a positive intention. If you can realize what that positive intention is, acknowledge what that positive in intention is, because many times people don't think there's any positive intention. So they just judge themselves and judge themselves and beat themselves up. What's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? That won't help. It just keeps you stuck. So ask yourself, and this is something you can do as a homework assignment before the night's over, before you go to sleep tonight, is ask yourself, as you look at a certain way of being, a certain self-sabotaging pattern, you can ask yourself, so what I'm asking you, is to shift your relationship with yourself and shift how you're framing your sabotage. So many times you might see your sabotage as something bad. I'm asking you to shift that completely. And rather than judging it, I'm asking you to give up judging the part of you that's sabotaging. See, the issue is not the issue. Many times we make that thing the issue. The real issue is how you relate with yourself as you become aware the real issue is how you relate with yourself as you deal with it. Let me repeat, all judging does is simply reinforce the very pattern that you're trying to break through and change. It keeps it stuck, it drives the pattern deeper, creates more of a cycle of suffering. So just know that underlying every pattern is a positive intention that there's usually something that is trying to get you something, sense of validation, sense of love, sense of wholeness, if I do this, sense of something. What is it that, what is the positive intention of this part of you that's sabotaging? We're not condoning the behavior, but if you really look deeper, there's usually a part of you that is seeking to protect you, that is seeking to get you love, a sense of something, but the method, the way that it's going about it through sabotaging is not the most enlightened, the, the, the most 
authentic way. It's just the only way it learned, you learned at some point in your life to do it. But when you realize, wow, this part of me is actually seeking to try and get me something positive, if you can acknowledge that intent, that this part of me that sabotaging has a positive intent, if you can acknowledge the intent, trying to get me love, validation, approval, trying to get me home, connection, safety, and have compassion for that intention, then you can actually bring loving to that very part of you that is doing the seemingly bad thing, bring loving to that part, and give yourself the acknowledgement, give yourself the acknowledgement of the very thing you're seeking directly without having to create all these behaviors that don't serve you and just keep you stuck. Judging simply reinforces your patterns further. So what I'm inviting you to do is as you start becoming aware of your patterns, because you start becoming aware, which leads to choice. But as you start becoming aware, becoming more conscious, start being more in the present moment, you will start seeing more and more things. Here's one of the keys. It's easy to judge yourself. Gosh, why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? But if you can start to observe, to simply observe yourself, to observe yourself, so one of the keys is to simply cultivate the awareness and observe yourself. Because in the observation, I call it pure observation without any motive. No judgment, no condemnation, not even try and change it. But observe yourself doing that pattern. Because many times, as I said, the patterns are operating unconsciously. So you can observe yourself reaching for the ice cream. Oh, there goes my hand. My hand is reaching for the ice cream tub and I'm not even hungry. This is very interesting. No, no judgment. And just watch your hand reaching for the ice cream even though you're not hungry. Watch your hand reaching for the, for the second helping of food even though you're actually full. But you weren't aware you were full because you were actually checked out in that moment. Bring your awareness to your body. Scan your body. Become present in the moment because the only way to truly choose is you must be present in the moment. Many times we're not present in the moment because we, we've learned to check out. So as you start becoming aware, observe. Pure observation without motive and start observing your pattern. In observation, all I'll say for now, because we can talk about this for 11 days. In the pure observation of yourself and your patterns without any judgment, as you observe yourself even doing the very thing you're doing without judgment, there's a space that opens up. And as you can hold yourself in that space of compassion, the space of compassion starts melting away and starts healing parts of you. So I'm inviting you to really observe yourself. Observe, acknowledge the positive intent. Bring compassion to yourself in that part of you that's doing that behavior as you acknowledge what its intention really is. Love yourself through that. Bring love and compassion to yourself because that part of you is seeking something, is hungry for something else. And observe. To really observe. This is key. I'm, I invite you on this call to realize that one of the ways to also shift sabotage, and it's a bigger topic, but I want to give you a few things to start with today is to commit to loving yourself radically no matter what, to make a choice on this call today. And I hope some of the things I've shared today 
have been helpful. I'm going to wrap up in a, in a few seconds and share something special with you. But my invitation as we begin wrapping up is that you begin today by making a commitment to loving yourself radically, no matter what. It's a commitment. It's a courageous commitment. Sabotaging, imperfect, falling down, failing, doesn't matter. I will commit to loving myself radically. And even when you can't love yourself or feel like you can't love yourself to, to love yourself through that. To love yourself even through that when you screw up, when you fall down, to have the intention to hold yourself and love yourself through that. And apply, applying love to yourself is the healing. And the healing is loving. To love yourself as you are. Many times when you say, well, I love myself when I heal. I'll love myself when I, when I do that thing. The unconditional, you may find, I've seen, uh, that it's often the unconditional loving of yourself. Not to love yourself when you're perfect, when you're completely healed, when you're free of all your issues. But to love yourself even through your dysfunctionalness, to love yourself even through your collapse, to love yourself no matter what. Knowing that you are a human being on planet Earth with lessons to learn, and we all incarnate with certain lessons to learn. We all have a thing. For somebody, it's alcohol. For someone, it's sex. For someone, it's food. We all have an Achilles heel, a thing that we have to, you know, you could say overcome, transcend, break through in this lifetime. For someone, it might be self-esteem and forgiveness or self-hatred or self-compassion. We all have our own lesson to realize that the journey, the journey of being human my friends, the journey of being human is not about being perfect. If it was about being perfect, you could just stay in the heavens. Stay in the other dimensions, you know, stay in the heavens, wherever that is, and uh, float with the angels. But the real purpose of life is to work through your patterns, to realize and recognize who you really are, to break through and transcend your limitations, to transcend and break through your addictions, to transcend and peel those layers away so you can raise your consciousness and evolve and grow. To realize your true nature, to realize your divinity, your infinity, to realize the love that you are, to realize your own true self. Everything in your life, everything, every situation, every person is simply giving you the opportunity to grow, to learn, to heal. Everyone and everything is your teacher. Everything and everyone is your teacher. So remember, my amazing friends, be willing, as, as, before you go to sleep tonight, be willing to tell the truth to yourself about where you are and where you're not, what lies you're telling yourself, what you're pretending to not know. Speak the truth, own the truth, acknowledge the truth, take full responsibility, cultivate the awareness, pure observation, choose. As you choose, acknowledge the positive intention, bring compassion, love yourself radically, and be compassionate with yourself along the way. And as you might realize that as you love yourself along the way, as you be compassionate with yourself along the way, you start bringing yourself into, into inner harmony, integration, as you start loving yourself, parts of yourself that were perhaps rebelling, creating sabotage, starts, start cooperating with you in a synchronized flow towards your success, stepping into your greatness. The parts of you that often are sabotaging the most, bringing you down, are the parts of you that need the most love. 
And as you bring yourself to loving, you bring yourself into wholeness. As you bring yourself into wholeness, it makes it that much more effortless to step into your greatness and let your light shine. Amazing friends, you are here on this planet to let your light shine. You are born for a reason. You are born for a destiny. It's been a joy being on this call with you. I want to share one more thing as we wrap up. It's going to take about two minutes. And I uh, hope you truly enjoyed today's session. I'm going to request that you write into me, maybe on Facebook, post on Facebook. Just find me on Facebook. You know where I am. You know my name. And uh, I'd love to hear from you on Facebook and just hear how you enjoyed the call, any insights, breakthroughs that you experienced from today's call. And I want to make a, a quick invitation. Some of you might be wondering how you can go deeper into my work, and uh, perhaps you've been following me for a while. I want to say one thing and send you on your way. Um, so if you're listening uh, to this call, I know that you're someone who you feel deep in your heart. You have a purpose on this planet. You feel probably deep down a big vision, a sense that you are here to make a difference on this planet, a calling to impact humanity. And as I said earlier, to hold back your gifts is painful. So I want to ex extend a beautiful, exclusive invitation that if you feel truly called, if you feel ready, if you feel, if you consider yourself a visionary who's committed to making an impact on this planet and you're, you, feel, feel, you feel that you are not willing to settle for the status quo, you're ready to stretch yourself, looking for the next level of your personal growth and and you feel truly ready to live your purpose. Truly ready to live your purpose and give your gifts today. Not tomorrow, not next year, but now. That you're ready for that next level of breakthrough in your life. Then I want to invite you uh, on a very special journey. Uh, twice a year, as I said, I do an event called the Boundless Bliss Bali Breakthrough Experience. This is not for everyone. But what I will say as we wrap up, what I will say is it's an amazing, it's a truly special journey. Uh, for those of you that feel ready, it's a unique 11 and a half day, 12 day actually, transformational experiential immersion, seminar training without walls, where I use Bali as the backdrop. It's an intensive participatory experiential immersion journey that will truly transform your life on every level, unlock your true potential and catapult you into living your true purpose. It's really... Um, one of my most favorite things to facilitate. It's really the highest level of my work. It, it came about because uh, I was doing these amazing journeys to India, taking visionaries and uh, leaders of the world to India on one-on-one -on -one journeys. And, and for these journeys to India, I would take, take away people's money and take away their passport. And you'd have a backpack and a pair of clothes. And I did that for six and a half years and took 19 people to India on, on amazing journeys. But uh, I was guided to Bali, and Bali is a truly special place. It's a truly transformational place. You know, there's many retreats that will take you to Bali where you'll do yoga and travel and go to temples and see, you know, eat beautiful food and swim and have massages. And uh, there's many retreats. This is not that. This is a journey. The Boundless Bliss journey is not your typical journey. It's not a tour. It's not a retreat. It's a deep dive into yourself. It's a pilgrimage into the depth of your heart to ex excavate anything that's keeping you stuck and catapult you into living your true destiny. It's, uh, I say that the real Bali is not a physical geography. The real Bali is a state of being, a state of being that's already inside of you that on this journey I help you access. So the Boundless Bliss Bali journey 
is not a physical journey, but an inner journey in yourself. Life isn't perfect. Life is not always easy, amazing friends. There's, you know, people often think that, wow, if I read the books and do the seminars, then, then you know, life is like an ocean, that the waves will perhaps get easy. I say, you know, as you expand and as you grow, as you evolve, the waves don't get easier, but you expand your capacity to be free under all circumstances to be able to serve the waves of life. So my vision, I was guided that there were souls that when they would hear about the Boundless Bliss Bali journey would feel a calling, that there were souls that when they heard about the Boundless Bliss Bali journey would feel a unique destiny. This journey is not for everyone, but we take about 18 to 20 people each journey. So folks, the next Boundless Bliss Bali journey is actually coming up in a few short weeks, uh, July the 4th through the 15th is the next amazing journey. And so if you're listening to this uh, tele-seminar, you, if you feel you received value, this tele-seminar in this moment could be one of the pivotal moments that shifts your destiny. This moment could be a sign. And again, if you feel a deep knowing that you're here for a big purpose and if you feel truly ready to break free of past limiting patterns and become who you are meant to be. If you're tired of playing small and hiding yourself to make those around you feel comfortable and you're ready, if you feel ready for that next level, I want to extend a warm and open-hearted invitation. If you feel a calling from anything I'm saying about the Boundless Bliss Bali journey and anything you've heard on this uh, teleseminar, I invite you to go to www.boundless blissbali.com boundlessblissbali.com uh, there is a video there watch the video uh, watch it with an open heart read the website read a bit about the journey uh, feel in your heart the resonance the calling uh, and I invite you to apply we only have a, a couple of spots available I invite you to take the step commit to yourself uh, take action it's when you commit that the universe rises to meet you. I have always said that fortune favors the bold. Over the last five to six years, we've had people from all walks of life, billionaires, celebrities, entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries, um, and everyone in between uh, come on the Boundless Bliss Bali journey, and they've all said it's perhaps been the most uh, transformational experience of their entire lives. So uh, it's 12 days. You, me, Bali equals miracles. Folks, again, www.boundlessblissbali.com. The journey will inspire you. It will stretch you. It will challenge you. It will heal you and love you into greater openness, self-expression, and catapult you forward into living your true soul's destiny. Check out the website, apply, and I can't wait to potentially meet you in Bali. Uh, you'll do an interview, uh, but uh, dive in now is the time. Folks, it's been great connecting with you on today's teleseminar. Shoot me an email, cootblackson at cootblackson.com, cootblackson at cootblackson.com. Let me know some of your takeaways from today's call, what you received. I would also love for you to connect with me on Instagram, cootblackson on Facebook, cootblackson. Reach out, say hi. Let's be in touch. I look forward to uh, being a part of your journey. Make sure you do some of the homework I've given you throughout uh, today's teleseminar as well. 
I can't wait to meet you in person if we haven't met, see you again if we have met, and uh, look forward to continuing to be a part of your transformational journey in life. Big hugs, everyone. Love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.